podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Gente, you already know who it is. It's Danny Limelight, the Puerto Rican poppy, short and stocky, hit like Rocky. The most radioactive professional wrestler just reminding you to subscribe, like, and check out Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Mi gente, don't forget it. Yeah! You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Harbour. My guest for episode 62, it is the return, the return of the Mac, Mac Davis, on the show for episode 62 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Mac has been doing shows at Lariato Pro Wrestling, which is run by the big LG Doc Gallows. They've been drawing three to 400 people, so in the pandemic times, it's a very good number, and you get to hear all about them shows. Some of the guys that Mac has worked on the shows with, he's been ring announcing for them as well. His knowledge is invaluable to these younger guys, so it's nice to hear that from Mac. Mac shares his tips for young budding wrestlers, the etiquette side of the business, backstage, how you should conduct yourself. We also talk about the latest wrestling, more modern time wrestling, and what's been going on with WWE and AEW in amongst some great, great stuff within the interview. So, without further ado, it is episode 62, The Return of the Mac, Mac Davis. Enjoy. My guest, returning, second time on the show, it's The Return of the Mac, Mac Davis. We're in video form, though, as well this time. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on, returning. Stu, Stu, I couldn't think of a better place to be today. It's actually... Very cold here in Georgia right now, uh, the day after of elections uh, when we're recording this. So it's, it's been a, a long night and uh, a cold day. So it's, I, I'm welcoming this right now. <laughs> How's things been? Because I had you on last July, July 2019. How, how have things been more currently? I, I'll, we'll talk about the pandemic first. We'll hit the pandemic because it's current. How's it you been know, for you? Uh, Things here since we last talked uh, have really uh, hit high gear uh, until COVID hit. <laughs> you know, I was starting to move really quick and uh, had a lot of things planned. And when COVID came along, it really put the brakes on a lot of things that I had planned. Uh, a lot of my interviews for 30-minute time limit, road trip, uh, those type of programs with OneWrestling.com and Bill After had to be put on hold because everything else was put on hold. Uh, so it's, it, it kind of put the brakes on a lot of things. It's kind of made me uh, rethink some of the things that I've been doing. Uh, you know, I'd like to get more content out there, but the truth is I like my content one-on-one in person, uh, and so it's hard to do that right now. How are the family? The family all good with everything that's been going Family's on? Family's all good. Uh, we did have, during the COVID cases, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters caught covid and uh, she managed that pretty well. It was a rough few days, but she managed to come out of it just fine. Uh, so we're very thankful for that. Been, How about you guys? How are you handling up on your end? Oh, my days. Well, the four and a half months off work, the missus was ready to throttle me, Mac. She was, she was ready to. Now, why uh, is that? Yeah. So as you know, when you're getting told off by the missus, do not, re- do not reply. Don't say anything. Don't mutter under your breath. I got caught no. out a couple of times muttering into my breath. Yeah, I've been married now for 20 years. We started dating 22 years ago. And you won't believe this, but we have never had a fight. Ever. From a man who and likes, most people can't say that. <laughs> from a man who has been in the wrestling ring as well, that's quite, the, that's quite a stat, that is. I, I need to follow what you're doing. Look, she's my biggest opponent. <laughs> if she says something goes, it goes. You know how it is. I when do. you get married, uh, you know, a happy wife, happy life. Mac, you've been involved with Busted Open Radio, David LaGreca and the guys there. How was that? How was that, Mac? I, I loved uh, Dave LaGreca and the guys. You know, we did a 30-minute time limit with Dave LaGreca uh, back, which you can also see on Facebook or on YouTube. And uh, that entire team of guys there uh, – just incredible, just incredible. Dave, to me, is one of the the most entertaining people to talk to when you sit down because he is just a wrestling fan. And he wants, he's just like you, just has questions, wants to know things. And, and, and that 
when, when you see somebody who has a true need to want to know this information and they really enjoy what they're talking about, you love talking to them. Uh, and Dave is one of those guys. He, he was, uh, I was really scared when I first sat down with Dave. I think I may have told you that. And uh, I was frightened. I, I've talked to all kinds of wrestlers over my life. None of them bothered me. Dave had me to my wits end because he's a radio guy. And I was a radio guy one time for 30 plus years. And so I'm thinking he's judging me based on the conversation that we're having. And by the time it was over with, it wasn't like that at all. He was, uh, he was just sitting down having a conversation with me as I was with him. Bully Ray, Mark Henry, uh, Tommy Dreamer, all great people on that program. Uh, Ryan McKinnell on Saturdays, fantastic show with Mark Henry. Um, and if, if you're listening to us now, you haven't heard of Busted Open, I'm telling you, go to SiriusXM, go to Busted Open. It's one of the best shows period, in wrestling. What, what a crop of guys he's got with him there. You know, when you look at it on paper, but I love it. Yep. And, and, he, and look, Dave takes a lot of crap. <laughs> you know, if Bully Ray's not giving it to him, Tommy Dreamer might be, or, or Mark Henry. Mark's kind of a sweet guy, so he's, he's not going to go after him too much. But Bully Ray will give Dave hell without, you know, thinking twice about it. And that makes it quite entertaining for me. Can you tell us about, I'm going to get on to wrestling now, how has it been with Lariato Pro Pro Guild? How has it been going? Lariato Pro Wrestling has been uh, really a, a savior for me. Um, during this time of COVID, when things got so slow, uh, Doc Gallows, uh, who owns uh, Lariato Pro Wrestling, uh, he came along and asked me if I'd be interested in doing some uh, announcing for his group. And uh, I did enjoyed it, did it once or twice, and was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of fun. Then I did a little bit of a, a wrestling angle uh, inside of Lariato, uh, and that ended up uh, right about the time that we couldn't go to buildings anymore. We couldn't hold the events. So I had a long rest between that last wrestling match and the announcing that I do now, and uh, which was good. I needed that time away really to slow down because if I'm 56 years old. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So it, it was very difficult for me to rehab a lot of injuries. So this time down during COVID actually has allowed my body to heal. I hate to say it. I feel really good right now. And I feel like I could get back in a ring and do something again. I don't think my wife would appreciate that too much. But my mind says I can. And my body is telling me I can. So maybe there may be one more match somewhere down the line. Who's, who's been on the shows? Obviously, I know because I've seen what's been going on. But for the viewers, for the benefit of the viewers, some of the guys on the cards and how it's been with crowds, with the pandemic, the differences maybe, that's what I'd like to ask. I, I tell you, it was really unusual. Uh, when we started Larry Auto Pro Wrestling, we had some good crowds. COVID came along, killed the crowds. Of course, we couldn't run the shows. But then we started coming back. This has been back uh, probably a couple of months now that we've been back uh, into uh, performing. Now, it's all outside. We have no indoor shows. They're all outside shows. And that uh, kind of led to a lot of hot, hot days in the ring. And even our last show, I was freezing in the ring. Uh, so you never know what to expect. But we've had tremendous crowds uh, after COVID uh, has you know released and let us go back out and start doing things. We've had shows around three, four hundred people, uh, which during COVID is really amazing. Um, and we've had incredible stars, too. I mean, keep in mind, Doc Gallows, the owner of Lariato Pro Wrestling, uh, is also a part of Impact Wrestling. And Impact Wrestling stars, including Eric Young, who was their world champion. Uh, is one of the guys who has been to our shows. Uh, we've had, I'm trying to think, we've probably had most of the roster of Impact Wrestling at Lariato Pro Wrestling. We've been working together, putting on shows for fans. And I believe, I'm hearing through the grapevine, that we may have even bigger plans for 2021. That's great, man. Just building and building. Great, great numbers. Great numbers, that as well, considering... People are scared, aren't they? I know it differs from yep. state to state over there. Some guys, like, we won't run shows when they possibly can, but it just goes to show you can you can put a successful show on, can't you? I, I really think that there's a uh, an appetite 
for wrestling again. Fans want to be around other fans and enjoy the things they did before while doing it safely. And of course, social distancing and everything else that, you know, mask and stuff like that. They, they have the option, wear the mask or don't wear the mask and, uh, you know, keep yourself separated, you know, family to family and stuff like that. And overall, everything has really worked out well. We've been very uh, lucky uh, since uh, COVID has kind of released itself a little bit on us. Which guys, not to say you're playing favourites, which guys have you enjoyed watching being part of the Laureato, who, who's, who's been really good and looked surprised you maybe in some respects? Well, you know, watching Gallows and Anderson, the good brothers, work together in the ring is always uh, enjoyable because they're a little bit playful while they will beat somebody's tail. So <laughs> it's, it's really entertaining. Uh, but I'll tell you, Crazy Steve uh, from Impact was uh, on one of our shows, and I really thought he probably drew the fans in more than anybody I've seen so far. Uh, they immediately attached themselves to Crazy Steve, and, and he played to the crowd, and the crowd loved him. Uh, I'd like to see him come back. I think we probably will see him come back. Um, so I would say probably Crazy Steve. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Uh, Larry Otto-wise, there is a guy, a young kid named Bryce Cannon. He's known as the frat boy. And uh, I was telling him just recently that his growth just in the last year has been tremendous. And you can tell there are certain guys who apply their talents and, and, and listen to what's being told to them in the back. And so when you see somebody who is soaking that knowledge in and then applying it to their craft, that tells me that this individual's probably got a really good chance. And I think Bryce Cannon is one of those types that could go on to do very well. Uh, the only thing I would tell Bryce, and I would tell him this if he were sitting right here, get in the gym, work out a little bit more, build that body up because he's got he's got the the character, he's got the the basics of wrestling down. He just needs to build a little bit more on his body and uh, his aggression in the ring. But other than that, I think he's a name that you need to keep your eye on. What what about bigger guys frame wise? Because obviously we're used to seeing now a lot of smaller guys flip flopping around, not knocking them, but you see no. it once, you see it often, don't you? You're like, well, you're doing similar stuff. I'm noticing there's a lot of big guys coming through again, like back in the day. Any big guys there that you like the look of that think could really take it by storm? I, you know, I think that um, there's been a change in the body styles of wrestling and wrestlers, how they look. Uh, as you mentioned, nowadays, you can get a, a, a big guy in there, kind of fat. I don't want to say big guy as far as big and muscle, but it, but maybe even got a belly on him or something like that. Those All these guys now have a place in wrestling. But Vince McMahon, a long time ago, loved the big guys, and he still loves the big guys. And there's a reason for that, and there's a, a very good reason for that. You want somebody who looks like a wrestler. You want somebody, when they walk into a room, people go, oh, man, who the world is this? You know, <laughs> this guy's huge. And that's the kind of look that you want in a wrestler. Um, does your entire roster need to be that way? No. No, I, th I think that uh, David and Goliath is always a good story to tell. Uh, Doc Gallows, for example, huge, huge guy. And uh, you can get in there with guys like Crazy Steve, who are much smaller, and still have one hell of a match. Uh, so I, I'm really impressed with these guys. But as far as really big guys in the Lariato, they would be the probably the impact players uh, that we have. They're mainly the bigger ones uh, right now. But over time, I think you're going to see some new faces and new things taking place, especially in 2021. That's going to make you open your eyes and go, oh, wow. Have you seen which sticking to big guys? Have you seen much of Drew McIntyre's run on WWE? Alaska. I have. Uh, they, they, there are very few things I watch with WWE, and I think you know that because I'm not a big fan of WWE. They lost me as a fan years ago, and, and they can pull me in occasionally. And Drew is one of those that draws me in. Drew is a very believable big guy, uh, and for me, probably one of the best in WWE right now. Him, Randy Orton, um, uh, and Roman Reigns, of all people. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns, people wrote off a long time ago. He's now back with his heel persona. And that heel persona and what went down with the Usos is just incredible storytelling. So I'll take my hat off to WWE for pulling that off. Do you think Drew should still be champion? I know Orton had lost the two previous matches. 
They went into a third in the cell. What are your thoughts on, on him dropping the belt? I know there's no fans per se, so whether that's been a factor and I'll bring it back, what do you think with him losing the belt? What are your thoughts on that? On, on Randy Orton losing the belt? No, Drew, Drew McIntyre Drew. losing the belt to Randy. I, it was time. Uh, I, I think that uh, really Drew, for me, and I hate it because Drew is such a good guy. When you watch behind the scenes and the interviews that he does, he's a really good guy. And for him to have won that title during COVID in front of zero fans had to suck. I mean, I, I feel sorry for Drew because, you know, that, that was his first time carrying that heavyweight championship. But I do believe it was time to take it off of him. I'm hoping that what that means is maybe we'll see him climb back up that ladder to get that belt in front of a crowd. And that's what I think he deserves. Do you think we'll see Brock Lesnar again in terms of, He's away, isn't he, at the moment? What do you think on the Brock Lesnar scenario, bringing him back in to be in there with them guys? I think that Brock coming back in, people will be surprised, but Brock's going to come back in as a face. I think Brock is going to be one of the biggest faces in the WWE. Do you think in, in terms of going up against Reigns at some point with Heyman being with Reigns? Yes. I, I, it's, to me, that's the only place it can go. Uh, but you also have The Rock you know, that can be part of that storyline with Roman Reigns and the Usos. And as much as I thought The Rock may have been finished, you know, as far as his wrestling days, this is one story. I don't know how you skip that. I, I, the, the, for him to come to this story is almost a must. It's the crescendo to me of the actual storyline. So if, um, if they bring him back, I would welcome him with open arms in this case. The one thing I hope they don't do is that they don't decide, let's make this a cinematic match. You know, especially if you're live fans in the audience, that will kill Roman, it will kill The Rock, it needs to happen in front of the fans. Now, if we have another WrestleMania and there are no fans, then do cinematic. But other than that, I wouldn't touch the cinematic aspect. And of course, with The Rock, you know, you got to wonder if that's where he's going. Mark, now you put some videos out last year, because obviously we spoke a year last July, Yep. And you obviously knew what was going to be happening with MJF and Cody. You built that one up on your page. How do you feel it's gone, AEW, MJF, Cody and everyone, what you've seen, what your views? My initial reaction, and it's still my, my opinion, and uh, they probably won't care for this, but I'll say it anyhow. I thought they rushed the MJF and Cody match too soon. I thought there was a lot of heat there that could have bubbled under for a lot longer of a time to really make it an explosive match. I didn't feel that the match was a big blow-off for, for what they went through. I, I, it was kind of flat for me. It was a good match, but it just wasn't what I expected. I expected a lot more heat between the two of them before they actually exploded. Uh, what else is are you watching AEW? I know WWE you don't watch. Right. What's what stood out for you in terms of AEW? Boy, I, I tell you, I just like the outlaw attitude. Uh, you know, you'll have Jim Cornette say, "Oh, the outlaw, outlaw mud shows." Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, nothing against Jim, but that type of show and that type of environment actually draws me in. It reminds me of the old days of Monday Nitro with WCW when I really enjoyed wrestling. I, I like the reality of wrestling. I like the rough and tough, beat your ass kind of wrestling, not the silly storylines. I want real storylines that have a reason for why this guy hates this guy and why this guy wants to beat this guy's ass. And it's, it's really that simple. It's white hat versus black hat. And, and AEW kind of gives that to you. They, they throw you, we're definitely the heel, we're definitely the face. Whereas in WWE, everything is kind of gray. You're not quite sure who's who, who's good, who's bad. You know, and that's the part that really drives me crazy. Who is going to dethrone John Moxley? I know they've got the tournament. Obviously, we've got Omega and Page in the finals. Who is going to beat that man? Because he's all comers. He's had all comers, hasn't he, so far? When is the belt going to go to someone else? Not that it's necessarily a bad thing in being champ, but just your thoughts. I think that uh, John Moxley needs to lose that belt 
on his next big pay-per-view against Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston, to me, is a heel. And he, and even more so for me than MJF, and I would never have said that a year ago. But now, I believe MJF is getting a little bit more of the comedy side of him coming out with Chris Jericho, which is leading Eddie Kingston to this top heel, you know, where he is now. I can see him taking that belt from John Moxley. And I can see John Moxley coming back after the belt after that, you know, maybe being a second or even a third match, a rubber match down the line if they both win one each. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Eddie Kingston needs to be the guy to take it off of him. I think that he's the, he's the one to have it. Uh, you, for me, I've always wanted a heel champion. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like the heel champion that has a, a face crawling up that ladder, chasing that belt. That's the best scenario for me in wrestling, but that's me personally. Who do you think it'll benefit the most being number one contender coming out of the tournament? Do you think it benefits Omega or would it benefit Adam Page to get another crack at it? Ah, uh, oh, wow. Um, Adam Page. Uh, Omega is still kind of lost out there. I know he's trying to reinvent himself back to the original cleaner, you know, the the, the wild uh, Kenny Omega. I like Kenny, but his matches have been a little bit less than what I expected out of him. And I'm hoping that this turnaround and this new direction that he's heading in is going to put him on track again. Um, so I, I would say Adam Page probably would be the best one to come out of that tournament uh, with another shot. I think they need to give him more promo time, Adam Page. You know, he's great in the they ring. They kind of let him down. I mean, I guess you feel the same way I do. They kind of faded him off into the background yeah. for a while. And in fact, all of the elite, it seems like they put him in the background for so long that now they're starting to come back up and they're starting to make storylines that are people are interested in again. But uh, yeah, and for a while, it seemed like the entire elite just kind of, you know, fizzled out. I never thought of this. Someone was telling me uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he reminds them of Magnum TA. I, I was yeah, quite... Boy, I tell you what, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, yeah. Being an old school and loving Magnum TA, I can see that. Uh, not completely, but yeah, there are similarities. It'd be interesting to see what they do with him, because I just think Ring of Honor, not that you have to have a belt I always felt Ring of Honor sold him short you know I know he's yep. been in on the precipice of the title in AEW with Jericho and everything but yeah I just hope they do something with him man well I think that their plan originally was he was going to be a champion they, 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 they were fully expecting him to be champion at one time uh, I don't know if maybe they felt he needed more work before they put the belt on him and he may have you know it's, it's very possible it's hard to tell with AEW you know, it's uh, the difference in AEW and WWE is that WWE pre-COVID would do shows five days a week, six days a week. You know, so these guys were continuously working on the road and training and staying fluid. And in AEW, you have maybe a match once every two weeks uh, during taping. And that can be difficult on uh gaining ground and learning a lot of things because you only have so much time in the ring. Uh, and, and most wrestlers would tell you that their real experience and, and education of being a wrestler is when you're in the ring and performing because you got to have those fans. You need the, the, the time in the ring to try different things and see how the fans react so that you can better build uh, a storyline and a match that will draw them in. What about, I think, this personal opinion, I don't know how you feel about it. Do you think there's too many manager types within the company? Taz, Jake, obviously. No, I, actually, I, I like seeing that. I love seeing the managers uh, come back. Um, that's one thing with AEW I love. Uh, I love the fact that they have no problem with having uh, ringside attendants or managers, whatever you want to call them. Incredible stuff. But they cannot for some reason, speak on a microphone. So having a manager or somebody, you know, a second out there with you will allow them to grab that mic and put you over so that you can learn as they go and then hopefully down the line be able to grab the mic yourself and do it without having the manager. Old school ideals. I'd say that, yeah, that's, you know, they don't do it in WWE, do they? You don't have the manager, the valet, like you used to. I know we've got the 
And that's strange, too. When you, you look back towards WWE's history, their managers in history were huge. Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart. I mean, these guys are remembered as managers. And people say, well, managers don't matter anymore. <laughs> yes, they do. If you pin them on TV, they can matter a lot. Paul Heyman is a perfect example of that. Going back to AEW, how do you find it having all them people at the announce desk? Do you think it's too clustered, too many of them there? I don't, I'm not a big fan of a three-man format. Uh, I prefer two. I like uh, the old JR and, uh, you know, the King together, that type of stuff. You know, you had the heel and then the announcer. That, to me, lends a little bit more to them being playful with each other and the banner being a little bit easier. When you got a third man in there, it's just like going on a date. You, you don't want to take your wife out on a date with a friend because it kind of puts a crinkle on everything. So it's the same way as the announce desk to me. It's just like, you know, a man the caliber of Shivani, but then you've got JR, and they're both doing play-by-play. And I get with the color aspect where you have Taz on, yeah. and then I'll have Jericho, which is fine. I just think... It doesn't, it doesn't work for me having JR and Shivani because Shivani's brilliant as well as yeah. JR. JR, um, I love JR. I love his voice. I love who he is, I, everything about him. But I do feel that sometimes he's a little behind the other two. Um, and, and that's an age thing. And it's also learning, you know, all the new faces that come and go. Even I have that problem in the announce, you know, when I'm announcing the guys into the ring. A lot of these guys I don't see on a regular basis. So you're learning them as you're working with them, and it can be a little bit difficult at times, especially when you try to say their names and the name doesn't quite come out the way you want it to. So, <laughs> and that's happened a couple of times. What else have you caught in terms of if you caught much independent wrestling through the pandemic? I really haven't uh, been personally to any of those types of shows uh, other than our own Larry Otto shows. Um, but I've watched plenty on YouTube. Uh, YouTube during COVID has been my go-to, uh, probably more so than even WWE or AEW. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to see a lot of independent wrestling and names out there I've never heard of. And there's a lot of great talent out there. I mean, if you think, if anybody thinks at any time that we're going to run out of wrestlers, I promise you that will not happen. There's a lot of talent out there and some really entertaining talent. Who stood out, Mac? I know you've watched a lot. I have, and I'm not going to say. Oh, come, oh, come <laughs> on, Mac. I'm not going to say because I'm try there's some of these guys I want in Larry Otto. And, okay. Uh, and so I'm trying not to let too many names get out there because I, I think we all see certain faces that we're like, hey, this guy needs to come over this way. Uh, and so we're hoping that that'll happen. What about older matches? Do you ever go back to older matches that you loved years ago? All the time. All the time. Look, at, I'm old school, bud. <laughs> I, we'll, you were talking about Magnum TA a while ago. Uh, Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard and their I Quit match. That's a match. I've said this before. I watch it once a week, religiously, once a week. I love the match, and I love the story that it told. And if anybody needs to figure out how to tell a story, watch that match. What, what else? What other matches? Oh, boy. Uh, you can go about anything back into the early WCW days, NWA. Uh, those are the really all the shows I watch. I love watching old stuff. I, mainly, not so much of the wrestling that's in the ring, but the fans outside the ring. There's a noticeable difference of how fans were back in the 70s and 80s versus how they are now. And back then, you still had kind of, you know, smoky-filled rooms and lots of people yelling and screaming, old women hitting wrestlers with their canes. Those were great days, and those days still exist to a part, to a point uh, in independent wrestling. But it, it's not so much on TV anymore, unfortunately. Are we gonna Are we gonna say it's due to the internet partly to do with that? The internet killed wrestling uh, in a lot of ways, and I think that wrestling is still trying to find how to get around the internet and all the news that's always available out there to stay ahead of it. Um, I think that they're also beginning to learn and there are things that even I'm attempting to do that will lead people to believe what they see, even though it may not be there. You know, it's, it's, it's a magic trick. It's an illusion. But I think that wrestling now has got to find a way to work around the smart marks. And that means creating magic that people haven't seen before.
What do you think about Marx? What are your thoughts on the internet fraternity and what they have to say and they think they know it all? I think that most of them don't have a clue what they're talking about. Um, and, uh, and, and and that's not being mean. I mean, I know everybody loves wrestling and you want to get into it and do what you can. Uh, but a lot of times there are guys out there who will, you know, uh, give news for example they'll say here's the news here's what's going on it's nothing near the truth they don't know what they're talking about um dave Meltzer is one of those guys uh you know that tends to take a a grain of truth and make it into a big story and a lot of that story is not true uh, you know parts of it may be but not the entire story and there's a lot of people who do that that kill the wrestling business um, i prefer to hear from somebody who knows what they're talking about I prefer not to hear behind the scenes too much. I prefer not to discuss the, the, the tricks of our trade uh, because without those things, what are you? You're just another guy. Uh, you know, magicians going out and, and performing this huge magic trick. People all over the world going, wow, did you see this guy? He made a, a, an airplane disappear. And then he goes out and goes, well, here's how I did it. Well, the next time you see it, it's not going to matter. Who cares? You know, now you know how it's done. Give me Bill Apter any day in terms of journalism. Journalist. Absolutely. Journalism. Bill has always been, yeah, Bill Apter has always been, uh, he and I are very much on the same page when it comes to putting the product over, not under. And, uh, and I don't want to bury our business. I, I just won't. I, I think our business is, is terrific. I, I think it's something that will always be around in one shape or another down the line, but the ability to keep our profession non-dated so you don't feel like you're back in the old days, and it, but you're still a part of the new days is a difficult tightrope right now uh, because things are so crap. I mean, yeah, if you want to reflect society uh, in wrestling, well, right now it's very a lot of anarchy going on and a lot of crazy stuff happening. And sometimes that's not a good way to portray your product because then your product is fueling the fire for everything that's wrong instead of, you know, entertaining the fans. So, and I apologize. I've gotten congested since we've been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I brought that out. I brought that out in you this afternoon. Yeah, you brought out a cold in me. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what as well, Mac. I'll tell you what's been brilliant in more current times. Inside the ropes, Kenny McIntosh over here done a lot of stuff yes. with the wrestlers and that. Seeing Bill's column once a month in print form, because look how many magazines are formed by the wayside due to the internet. Inside the ropes, I need to get issue two, but it's great having Bill, how we know Bill, in print form as well as seeing him you know, visually as well. Yeah, Bill, when he uh, got that deal with the, uh, the magazine, I know he was head over heels. Uh, because that's his life. That's where he comes from. I was surprised, really, to see Kenny come out with a um, a magazine. Uh, because around here, even if you go like to a Walmart or somewhere or a magazine stand, there are very few magazines anymore. So that's really that's one heck of a a, a jump into the uh, the ocean to see you know what's going to happen. And uh, I hope it works well for him. I really do, because I miss the old magazine days. I miss going to the newsstand, picking up a magazine, seeing the pictures from all over the world, uh, you know, of matches that were taking place. I know we have the Internet, and, and people love the Internet. I get it. I'm even, I'm, again, I'm 56 years old. I grew up with newspapers. To this day, I will not read a newspaper on my laptop or on my phone. I will go out and buy a paper newspaper and open it up so i can read it that's just me i'm old school that way and i think that magazines and wrestling that's how i prefer it to be as well because how do you collect magazines through the internet yeah you got a link to the page but you don't have the physical magazine that years later you can open back up and go wow look at this stuff from back at you know this year and what happened and stuff it's you know it's basically an almanac it's just like the likes of FSM, Fighting Spirit magazine. Yep. It, it, they, they went into MMA a little bit with it, but it was predominantly pro wrestling. And power, power Slam in the, in the 90s into the 2000s, great, great publication. But they've got yes. some of the guys from Power Slam involved with Inside the Ropes. So I think it could have a long, you know, a long shelf life, pardon the pun, 
this inside the ropes one? Well, he's had a he's had a really good run uh, with everything he's done so far. I mean, even his live shows that uh, you, you can watch on YouTube after you know the fact, all those things that he does to me really are some of the most interesting uh, movements in wrestling as far as journalists go and stuff. Because I do find those interviews and times that he does the stage shows very entertaining and informative at the same time. And he doesn't need to say a lot, Kenny, when he's interviewing. I know it's about your interviewee. Very yeah. quick questions and just lets it flow and it's natural. And it's it's different, isn't it? Good vibe. Good vibe. Yeah. It's, it's one, you know, uh, Dave LaGreco, who I've interviewed before, I have talked to him and a couple other guys uh, before COVID came. I wanted to do, start doing uh, recordings of us sitting down at a bar, just having drinks at a table and just chatting. You have like two or three of us sitting around just talking about wrestling, almost forgetting that the cameras were there and just have a good time. Because a lot of guys, after we have our matches, that's what we do. We go out after the shows. We'll grab a drink somewhere with all the guys and hang out. And some of the funniest conversations you'll ever hear happen at that point. So I wanted to kind of bring that into wrestling. And it's something that eventually when COVID you know, gives us the opportunity to really get back together again, I'm going to do that. I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying alcohol will lend itself to giving a bit better <laughs> interview, but it could. It could uh, loosen up some guys to tell us things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise say. It's the stuff we probably took for granted going in the bar now. Think how it's going to be once it all gets back to normal, whenever that is. Yep. It's just it's the stuff we took for granted, Mac. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. If you're a wrestling fan, you realize just how much COVID took from you because uh, we were at a point where wrestling was hitting a peak. I mean, we were on a hard run. AEW, WWE, ROH, New Japan. All this stuff was just going crazy and all going up. And then all of a sudden, you know, it came to a stop. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there's so much good stuff out there. It's just time for us to go back and do it again. Mark, I want to do, I want to segue into a little feature bit now. And it's going to be entitled <laughs> Max Wrestling Tips for Budding. Rest, you know, wrestlers, guys who want to get in the business, because I didn't ask you about this the first time. Yeah. So it'd be great to get some tips, because I know guys are looking, always looking for advice and stuff of that nature. Well, I wish I could tell them the actual advice to get them into the big leagues. I haven't made it there yet. But, <laughs> but I will say this. Listen, that's the best advice that I could give anybody who wants to get into wrestling. If you're in the back or if you're riding with someone who has been in the business Shut up and listen. Listen to what they're telling you. Soak it in and put it to work. And if you do that, you'll make a lot better gains in the wrestling business than you will if you go in there acting like you know everything and, you know, that's just how it is. I, uh, I, I think that a lot of guys, you know, they really need to learn their, their character as well. Who is it that you are wanting to be? Because before you can get in the ring and perform, you got to know who you are. Who, who are you portraying? Who, who are you, uh, in my case, Mad Mac? I've always kind of said, you know, and people go, why is he always so mad? Well, I'm not. Most people go, he laughs and smiles all the time. I, my character was more of like uh, the Incredible Hulk. You wouldn't like me if you make me mad, that kind of thing. He turns green. That's where Mad Mac came from. It's basically, don't piss me off, because if you piss me off, you're going to see a side of me you don't like. And that's where Mad Mac came from. And uh, people will always tell me, say, oh, you don't look as mean. You know, when I talk to you in person, you're not as mean as you are in the ring. Well, no, <laughs> it's because I know who I am in the ring. And I'm playing that role and I'm going to play it to the hill. And uh, so a lot of young guys need to know who their characters are, work on their mic skills. But most of all, listen, listen to what others are telling you. Take it. You know, you don't have to take every bit of advice and put it to work because some of the advice may not be good. But if you listen to all these guys, I promise you, they're not there to hurt you. They want to help you have a better match and perform better in the ring. Some guys I've been speaking to, they say newer guys into the business don't ask enough. What are your thoughts on that? Some guys just come and do their, their match, but they could be asking more. They need to be more like a sponge. What do you think on that one? I, I think that those are the guys who will never make it. Um, if you don't open your ears, if you don't listen and you walk in with the I know it all attitude, you won't last. It's just not going to happen. The locker room will toss you out. Uh, the other guys will realize just, you know, that you're more of a prima donna than a team player. 
And uh, I, I don't care who you are. I've heard a lot of wrestlers make the comments that, um, you know, well, I'm just a wrestler. It's all about me and it's my gimmick and what I got to get over. Wrong. The show is what's important. From the beginning match to the end match, everybody should be going, I'm going to go out there and give it everything I have to make this match the match. If you walk out there with that attitude, everyone that's on that card will have a great match and the fans will be the ones who are happy because they're going to see everybody out there performing to the best of their abilities without thinking that their match is the only one that matters because it doesn't. The entire show has to work or one match is never going to get you over. Do you ever see guys, not that you're going to say who it is, do you ever see guys not doing it, shaking hands and stuff of that nature? Or is everyone pretty pretty good on that score, quite courteous to the guys? Yeah, you know, uh, the shaking hands thing is funny because when I first got into wrestling, uh, I asked someone specifically, I said, what's the deal on this handshake? You know, you always hear this, the secret handshake that uh, wrestling has. And, and I've always tried to describe it as a well i better not say that let me another word here uh, it's always been a limp handshake and it just kind of you know it's like I, I didn't grow up that i grew up with a man's handshake a good stiff handshake you know and so i didn't know how to approach it and somebody told me shake a hand like a man would shake a hand and you'll never go wrong and i've always stayed true to that but there are guys who go around and they'll shake everybody's hand which is an appropriate thing to do especially if it's your first time in the locker room but uh, as far as the secret handshake i think those days are kind of gone really you know you just want to greet everybody uh, more so than it is about the handshake i knew you'd fill me in with etiquette that's why i asked the question <laughs> but Mac will have a good stance and a good standpoint on it. So, yeah, with the years you've been in the business, of course. Yeah. Mac, a hidden gem of a match of yours for the listeners and the viewers, one that, you you know, it's in the old noggin there that sticks with you and should stick to us as fans. You know, it's uh, people ask me a lot, you know, what matches are my favorite matches. There are a couple that I can really point to, maybe three, uh, and they're all available on Facebook if you go to my page at Mad Mac Davis. Um, one of them is a dog collar match. Uh, it's a bloody match, <laughs> and, but it is one of my favorites because we told a story that uh, I, the fans could feel and see, and it, it's really – go watch it. That's all I can say. I don't want to give away too much, but it's really, for me, it's one of my favorite matches. Another one of my favorite matches, which is also on Facebook, is against Mean Mike Stratus, and that is inside a steel cage. Uh, and that happens to be the match where I broke my neck. If you see him go up at the top of the ropes, he's going to do a leg drop across my neck in that ring during that match. When he lands that leg, just go crack, and you'll know what happens. <laughs> that was it right there. That's what uh, basically took me out of wrestling for about 10 years was that particular match. The other match was my very first main event match, uh, Rage in the Cage. And it, was a, it was inside the steel cage, obviously. It was my first main event after only a year of in wrestling. And uh, at the end of that match, the, actually, that's on my Facebook page, too. Uh, the crowd went so crazy. They came out of the stands and came down to where I was, on the, you know, down next to the ring. I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm telling my partner at the time, he's got his arm over the top of me saying, you all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I said, but I'm bleeding everywhere. And these kids are all around me. And uh, he said, well, he said, he said, don't worry about it. We'll keep them off of you. But. That was one of those matches, really. It's just their moments more than matches, I guess you could say, things that, that stick out. I know that that first main event match, when I came over the top of that steel cage and won, um, I don't think I've ever hit a pop that loud where the fans just went crazy. But in reality, that was because the fans thought that they were living through me. They saw me come up in wrestling. They saw me growing over that year. And they felt like when I won, they won. And that made all the difference in the world. I thought that was incredible. It was. It, it's one of those, Even the guy I wrestled, he says the same thing. He, he says, I've never got a pop like we got that night during that match. It was just, it was natural. It was real. And that was the end of a two-day uh, special wrestling event. We were the main event at the end of two days uh, of pure wrestling for two days. <laughs> and so to have all those matches... And even have the guys in the back come, you know, the workers in the back go up into the stands and kind of hide and watch our match as we had it was uh, it, it was flattering. 
but at the same time, I think they were waiting for a train wreck. So, <laughs> in terms of NWA, I know you big NWA guy. I always go to Steamboat and Flair matches, but what is a hidden gem in the NWA vault of Mac Davis's? I think we'll go into that now. Boy, we got Ric Flair and the Harley race for the title. Uh, anything Dusty Rhodes. Uh, the, the, you know, it's really difficult for me to, to pull stuff out from that period because there's not much I didn't like. Uh, I loved watching uh, Ron Simmons won the world uh, championship. Uh, that was incredible. There are just so many good things out there. Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer. Uh, there's a cage match you've got to go back and watch on WWE under the gyms if it's still there. Uh, the last battle for Atlanta. And, uh, whoo, wow, good match. Really good match. That's my viewing sorted for the next week because I'm off. I'm off work. So, thank you. I knew you'd have a few there. Oh, I knew yeah. you'd have a few matches for me. So, yeah. Mark, where can we find you in terms of social media for the listeners and the viewers? Well, let's see. As far as social media, I, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under Mad Mac Davis. You can find me there. Pro Wrestling Tees, Mad Mac Davis. You can buy shirts right there. And uh, actually, I love this shirt you got on right there. That, By the way, I, you asked me a long time ago about that logo, and you said, what do you like best? Which logo? You picked the right one. Good job. Good job. I always listen to you, you know. An elder statesman to me, obviously me being a bit younger. So anything you say, any advice yet, this one was the one that popped. I know we had the wrestling ring. He did one with like the, the, the ropes. I thought that's been done yeah. to death. So yeah. yeah. You know, this one stuck out for me. Because the colors really pop and so does the name. And that's what makes the difference in a wrestling t-shirt to me. It, somebody's got to be able to glance at that shirt, glance away and know what it said. And they do. You can see that immediately and it sticks. So good job. I need to get some more done. I need to get some more sent out. To, I need to send you one out. That's what I need to do. <laughs> you need to get you those face masks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, if you still have to wear them, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. Where you are. are you still wearing masks there or how are things there? In terms of Wales, separate to England, we were in a two, We were still in the midst of a two-week lockdown, but it, wow. we, we come out of it on Monday. England... Just England, not Scotland, not Northern Ireland. Uh, they're in a four-week lockdown till the 2nd of December. And it's effective of 10 p.m. this evening. So the Welsh minister was copping for it a couple of weeks ago. But he's actually made the right decision. They put this in it early. And now England is suffering now because they didn't do it early enough. So yeah. although we're UK, separate. It's the way they're going about it is separate. But in terms of masks, yeah, people are just doing it now. Yeah, that's how it happened here. A lot of people, you had people that were kind of 50-50 on wearing a mask at the beginning. Now you about see everybody wearing a mask. It's just kind of become a common thing now. I'm almost wondering, even after they tell you to get rid of the mask, and it's not going to be a fashion statement to wear a mask. <laughs> how are the numbers in Georgia, Mark? Uh, our numbers are pretty high in Georgia right now with COVID. Uh, but luckily, our death rate is very low. I mean, you know, getting the virus and, and dying from the virus are two different numbers. Uh, and thankfully, you know, the, the numbers are very low when it comes to death. Uh, you know, it, when you look at the entire world, I mean, obviously, we lost a lot of people, which is you know, hard to do. Um, but when you look at it as you no know, total population of people versus how many are dying, the amount is pretty small, and, and, and you know we can be thankful for that. It's just I don't know when it's 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 knowing when the end's going to be. I want to I, I want to go abroad. I want to yes. go on holiday. It's going to be twenty twenty two. I think. I, I believe so. I know a lot of the uh, wrestling groups and a lot of people I've talked to have mentioned maybe running in 2021, but most likely not till 2022. And that really sucks. <laughs> I'm just be honest with you. I, uh, I was really hoping that 2021 was going to be an open year and we're going to start seeing things really move you know, again. And I got a feeling it's going to be a very slow uh, get out the gate. And you know, we'll just have to see what happens, I guess. The return of Mac Davis, second time, second time, he's the third guy to come on twice. So, hey, I feel I feel honored. Who are the other two? It was Keith Keith Colwell, Roughneck. He's a veteran over here in the UK. Great guy. Got a hell of a spear, Mac. Oh, he doesn't have a spear like mine. 
I had to, I had to bring that up. I had to see what you'd say about that. Bring it on, boy! Bring it on. UK, UK versus US. That'd be a good. That'd be a good one. Keith, Keith's looking about finishing, finishing up. Obviously, because of COVID, he couldn't. Yeah. That'd be a good match. That. That'd be, That'd be fun. He, he One day I need to get over there so I can do something in the ring uh, with you and uh, other guys around there. That'd be fun. That would be cool, man. The old yeah. UK US dynamic, and. Mike Angus, who's a ring announcer over here, good friend. He came on episode three, episode five quite early on. So, yeah, you're in good company for the second oh, good. time. Good, good. Let me ask you, just out of curiosity, and I, I know this is your your show, but let me ask you, who has been some of your favorite uh, interviews that you've done since you started? Absolutely. I'm not just blowing smoke. I love, I've loved having you on today. I loved having you on like, last year for episode seven, I think it was. And this is going to be in the 60s, this one now. Great. Uh, the Patriot, Del Wilkes, fantastic. Super guy. Super guy. Great. He said he'd come back on. That was great endorsement. Barry Horowitz was cool. Ba um, Barry is when you talk about the old days of wrestling, Barry is one of those guys <laughs> that I love. <laughs> I can come. I can go to Barry about anything, and he, he's facilitated a lot of interviews for me with guys I wouldn't have got. Uh, TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd. Uh, that was a good interview, by the way. I, I watched that one. Fantastic interview. He, he, with was, he was superb. Everyone's been great. Mike Drozzi and, and yep. his, his struggles and coming out of his struggles and now helping people in recovery. I can take away from every single episode I've done, Mark. It's been, That's been great. I, I'm glad to see that you're doing really well with this because you care about uh, what you're doing. Uh, that was obvious when we first spoke. And uh, so I, I love to see the success that you're having. And congratulations, you've earned every single bit of it. Just to think, Mac, the first interview we did, I had my tablet and my phone. It was just audio. To see where we yep. are now, live and living colour. So Night and day, brother. Yeah. Mac, thank you so much again, man. You bet. I look up to you. Any advice you've given me, you know, it's stayed, stayed in there. Last piece of advice I'll give you right now. Keep the wife happy. Just don't argue with her. Yeah. <laughs> don't argue. <laughs> I, I, I did. You told me this last year, but I need to, needs to stay in. Remember, she's always right. That stops the fight right there. Oh, you're right. You're right. They don't know what to do when you tell them that. They're like, huh? I'm right. And then they shut down and then you've won basically. So like, shh, don't tell anybody that. But <laughs> that's, that's the spice of life right there from Matt Davis. That's right. I, I tell you, uh, my old boss, what did my old boss say? I said, I can't win. He said, the idea is not to try. That's right. <laughs> I, took, I took that away with me as well. So, yeah. Yep, he's right too. My guest, the return of Matt Davis. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Stewie. I appreciate it. Flying the flag for the UK from rugby. This is Evade Escape with their single, Already Know. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV, so go and check them out for anything wrestling related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID, podcasts, you name it, it's all there at Powered 4 TV, so find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network.